You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. There are plenty of things you worry about in pregnancy. Stillbirth is one of them. I couldn't even listen to stories about stillbirth when I was pregnant. Now an international study co-funded by Red Nose Australia has shown that sleeping on either side in the last three months of pregnancy can more than halve the risk of stillbirth. To tell us more, I'm joined by Chief Midwife at Red Nose Australia, Jane Wiggle. Hi, Jane. Welcome <laughs> to Be Played Love. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, is that how I pronounce your last name? Yes. Because every time I look at and it, everyone I feel smiles. like... Yeah, they're like... <laughs> Oh, maybe she's an extra wiggle we don't know about. (laughs) I can be the pink one. Yeah, you're the midwife wiggle. Yes. Right. Um, (laughs) Now, the idea that pregnant women shouldn't sleep on their back has been around for a while, hasn't Mm. it? Yes, it it absolutely has. And really, we used to... um, you know, educate women about not sleeping on their backs purely, you know, historically because it was uncomfortable. You know, you have a big, heavy baby there, a big uterus full of fluid, placenta, all of those things. And women would report that they felt dizzy or they felt a bit sick on their back. And so we would say, well, roll onto your side, increase that blood flow to your baby and you'd be on your way. And really that was the extent of it. There wasn't a lot of uh, thinking behind it. It was more about a um, a correction of the, I guess, behaviour um, mm. of the time. And so what's really exciting now is that um, research has been conducted into this and we, really we've looked into the reasons why. And the research itself has such great uh, biological plausibility because of the uh, maternal anatomy as it is. So you have this 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 great vein, this inferior vena cava right through the middle um, that essentially gets compressed if the mother is sleeping on her back underneath the weight of, as I mentioned, the baby, the placenta, the fluid and all of that. And so that essentially cuts off supply by 80, 80%. Wow. Now that can be scary to think about and our bodies are fantastic. I mean, we can uh, compensate for that and, and the maternal body does do that, but it, it only really does um, so much. Mm. So what we can say now confidently to mothers is, yes, lie on your side either side, get the pressure off that great big vein, make sure that the uh, the blood flow to the placenta is, is at its best, keep that baby oxygenated and protect that baby from stillbirth. So it's really exciting. And I guess that it's important, particularly in the last three months, because you're bigger. Exactly. Yes. So you've got, you know, you, you've got a well-grown baby, hopefully, you know, you have all of that um, volume at that, that big gravid uterus. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a heaviness that you have, um, which is normal and natural. And, you know, if you just think about that, if you're lying on your back and that pressing down on that, on that great vessel, you know, it does, um, you know, it causes strain there. So the advice as I understood it was particularly to be particularly careful in those last three months. Yes. Is it okay to sleep on your back before that or should we just forget about where you're at in your pregnancy and just look at your physical body? So if you've got a small 
bump, then likelihood is you're not going to be pressing down very hard on that vein and so forth. That's very true. There's certainly, um, we don't worry quite as much because of that. But I think you also need to take into consideration your um, individual circumstance. So for example, if you have perhaps um, a compromised baby on board, so you have a maternal condition such as preeclampsia or something like that, that's caused your baby to be small, you know, that baby, you know, whilst, you know, from a weight perspective, you know, with everything else um, considered is, I guess, lighter and perhaps could be compressing less on that vein, you need to think, well, I do have a vulnerable baby. So perhaps the reserves in that baby, you know, won't be, you know, of that of its, you know, well-grown counterpart. Mm. So I think it's really good right from the beginning to really get yourself into the habit of of going to sleep on your side. I think that you know that's yeah. a very easy thing that you can do. Um if if you're uncomfortable, I mean you you've got two sides to choose from. But there's also great um items on the market that you can purchase or that you can pregnancy prop yourself up with. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need everyone need. actually I think most pregnant women should just have a double bed to themselves. Exactly. I was just with a pregnant <laughs> pregnancy pillow on either side so that when you roll over it's there to catch you. Yes, exactly. I never did that. Um, so that that point you just mentioned there, that you can sleep on either side and mm. it doesn't matter, I remember hearing some kind of myth about, yes, you should sleep on your side, but one side might stop the blood flow in a certain way or, see, obviously my ideas of biology mm. are terrible, but um, there's no reason why you can't sleep on either side, is there? Historically, we did say sleeping on your left side was better because okay. of the um, the anatomy. Oh, good! Can of, you explain the that as well? <laughs> I thought that was just a myth, but but it doesn't actually. Um, research has shown us there was very minimal difference between the blood flow to the to the vessels when the mothers redistributed her blood flow. So we can confidently say that it doesn't actually matter what side you sleep on. Just yep. be on your side. Just be on your side. Yeah. I know if I was pregnant listening to this, my biggest fear would be that while I'm asleep, I would roll onto my back yes. because even though I now, since I've had my babies, know that I actually am a very still sleeper mm-hmm. and I don't move a lot, some people do toss and turn at night. What happens if you kind of wake up and you're on your back? So if you wake up and you're on your back, the first thing to do is absolutely not to panic and just gently roll back onto your side. And that's the message that we have certainly um, been giving new mothers and certainly um, out of New Zealand as well, where this research has been conducted. Uh, Definitely, if you wake up on your back, don't panic, just roll onto your side. And we know that it's very normal to move in sleep. Uh, I don't, I mean, you sleep very still and heavily now that you have two children, which is completely... (laughs) Well, I don't know about heavily, but I definitely don't move a lot. Yeah, completely understand. But mm. certainly the research has identified that the going to sleep position on um, is the position that you maintain the longest. It's the position that you sleep the deepest in. And so that's the sleep that we're really focusing on there. So not to panic what happens what happens during the night. What happens during the night? Just you go wake to up, sleep on your yep, side. Go to sleep on your side. Mm. If you wake up on your back, that's okay. Roll back onto your side. And go same goes sleep. for naps, right? All naps, day sleeps, watching telly. All just of that. Make sh- yeah, and if you are just in remember. that final trimester, just hmm. um, have some naps. Absolutely. Dang, make just some put milk. Put your feet up. Yes, exactly. And always sleep on your side. Yes, exactly. And you sort of, you know, our bodies are very clever. If you, 
you know, mums out there that go and have um, ultrasounds or um, appointments with their midwives or their obstetricians, you know, that they'll say if they're lying on their back too long having an ultrasound, I feel a bit sick, you know, and they, and your body's telling you, absolutely, you feel a bit sick. That blood flow is restricted. You're going to feel dizzy. Roll onto your side. You're going to feel so much better. This um, information just sounds so groundbreaking in, mm. in the results that it could more than halve the risk of stillbirths. Is this the most significant report you've seen since you became a midwife when it comes to the prevention of stillbirth? I just love how this stuff is coming to the fore and we're not just um, reporting on things anecdotally anymore. This is what I find really exciting as a midwife and, and in the years that I've worked, you know, you learn things on the job and you, you see patterns and you, and so then you end up repeating this this stuff and when you when you see something that's come out of research and you know it was a big body of research that um you know an identifiable risk factor that's so simple for mums to to do is just really exciting because there is just a barrage of information out there and it's so confusing and it's it's really stressful and i think um Pregnancy, whilst it's very exciting, can be very scary. Our tummies aren't see-through. We can't. I, I can remember having my children and thinking, "I just wish I could see what you're doing in there. You scrambling around and carrying on like a pork chop, which is great. Fetal movements always need to be monitoring. But um, you know, you can't really see what's going on, and it can be worrying. So, I mean, this is a really positive thing. It's a very easy thing for mums to do um, to, you know, reduce their risk of stillbirth because the reality is stillbirth can happen to anybody. Mm. And um, But what we're finding now that um, most stillbirths are preventable. And I mean, to have something as simple as this is just amazing. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm. In a good way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jane, it's been so interesting talking to you about this. Thank you for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. That's Chief Midwife at Red Nose Australia, Jane Wiggle. You can find links to more information on this research in the notes of this episode. Gaslighting. It's a phrase coined from an old movie with Ingrid Bergman, but it's also a manipulative and emotionally abusive behaviour. So if you confront your partner and you say, hey, I really don't like the way you talk to me, that hurt, and that person either says, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hurt you, or hey, let's talk about it, that's a healthy way to respond. An unhealthy way is to get mad at you for getting mad at them. And that's what gaslighters do. Gaslighters will say, well, how dare you confront me about something that I did. And that's the difference. That's Dr. Stephanie Sarkis. She's the author of Gaslighting, How to Recognize Manipulative and Emotionally Abusive People and Break Free. She'll be on the next episode. I hope you'll join me for that one. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.